episode of Marketing, Management, and Money. <laughs> did I get that right? You did. <laughs> yes. After my food paw from the last time. So this is your host, Ethan Miliori, and uh, here joining us uh, today, since I'm taking over today, uh, he's my he's my next host, Ryan Murray. See, you're always going to regret every time you make me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, what are you going to learn the name of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I always remember the three things. See, actually, I think it should be money first because that's the most important thing to me <laughs> everything else comes after the money but hey it's greedy a, little bugger <laughs> it's all good it's all good <laughs> so today we're going to uh, you know being the end of the year we're going to talk a little bit about financials that starts to pay play a little bit on people's minds uh financials um, sometimes year-end taxes i mean there's a number of reasons that drive financials yeah, I think everyone's uh, looking at kind of doing their year end. Um, they're wrapping up, you know, this year, this calendar year, and then they're looking forward to the next. Even if you're on a fiscal year, I think everyone's still, you know, it's just, it, it's a cultural thing to, uh, you know, kind of look at that year end and, uh, you know, make some make some adjustments, some goals, some reconciliations, those kinds of things. So, so the goal for this episode is we're going to talk a little bit about financials and the importance of them what they should be doing for your business. And then uh, if things play out right, we'll have a follow-up one, the beginning of the year, that uh, we'll, our goal for that one would be, all right, how do I use my financials to set new goals going forward? Because mm-hmm. financials are significantly important. So so with that in mind, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump right into maybe the different financials. And, and I don't know how basic we want to go or not. So I, I was thinking about this, um, you know, because when you asked me or earlier, you're like, hey, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, look, we got to do something on financials. And it kind of got my mind, my mind going. Uh, we're going to go advanced. Uh, okay. So perfect. just a uh, warning to those of you who uh, maybe you're not as comfortable with the financials. Uh, this is going to, this is going to have some advanced topics in there, but it's not advanced to the point of like, well, if you're really into the finances, then this is kind of cool stuff to geek out on. No, this is this is stuff that every business owner should know. And when I say advanced, it's only advanced because most people don't know it. This should be basic uh, financial uh, language, financial discussion. But we're going to move fast. We're going to we're going to keep the topics flowing. We're not going to take a ton of time to explain the basics. If you need that. We've got several episodes that we've done on understanding your financials. Also, we've got our growth by the numbers training that you can catch on LearnDesk, and uh, you know that's that's really where you you can fill in the gaps. But but we're just gonna we're just gonna jump in and and kind of kick it off. And this is what I want to kick it off with, if you don't mind, uh, was a thought that I had. If I were to organize, you know, which line items on my financials I'm gonna care about most versus what line items I think most small businesses are looking at. So this is going to be my order of importance, right? Your profit line and your cash line. Like those two are going to be my my top. And and originally I was thinking, I'm like, should I put cash above profitability? And I decided not to. No. I think you have to have I both agree. and I'm going to give them equal importance. And so I'm going to say that, uh, you know, my, my profit and cash line are going to be the, the first two most important things to manage. The next thing is going to be my uh, my my debt management you know, making sure that my liabilities are in check, which is going to lead to proper asset management. 
and equity management because your assets, liabilities, and equity are all going to play off of each other. And the final one that I'm going to care about is the sales line. Like I, I am yes. least interested in the sales line. Now, if I were to guess how most entrepreneurs or small business owners are dealing with this, I'm going to say sales line is going to be first. Profit line is going to be second for them. Then they're going to care about their debts and they're probably going to ignore the rest. If you're a typical entrepreneur. I would agree. I would agree. And, and if you, I, I'm going to rephrase or maybe set the stage as you think about, as we have this conversation that financials are trying to help us understand really two things, the security of our business, how secure we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. The strength, but also the efficiency. Okay. Okay, we forget about those two things because we're looking. I mean, everything that we do is looking at those two things. Are we secure as a company um, and are we efficient? Are we using our resources efficient? So as we go through the conversation, keep that in the back of your mind that that you're going to kind of feel that theme as we without really without us talking more about it. But you'll see that that's that's what we're trying to use our financials to help help us understand about our company. So. With that, okay, security, and and I will probably interchange the word health uh, because that's just the way that I I speak is, you know, I say what's the health of the company, but the security and the health to me are the same thing. How likely am I going to survive the bumps in the road, right? Um, If I look at security and efficiency, for me, I want to start talking about cash. And using your financial statements to make decisions I see time and time again these entrepreneurs that they'll make huge decisions and they they look at the impact of the cash after the decision is going to be made not the you know they they, they don't they don't factor in the the cash flow first and you can't just look at the cash item to factor in cash flow you got to look at your current assets to understand what's going on with your cash flow so if you're not factoring in the impact of your inventory and your receivables on your cash and your cash position every time you're making a capital purchase every time you're trying to grow sales if you're not factoring in those things you're being reactive and from a health perspective you know like reactive health that that's going to the doctor after you're already sick mm-hmm. and saying hey doctor i'm sick give me some medicine versus proactive is saying oh i'm going to eat healthy i'm going to exercise i'm going to get plenty of rest so that i don't have to go to the doctor in the first place and you know i'm going to maintain a healthy lifestyle well the same thing with business is like how do we maintain that healthy cash flow in a business and i think it's important to note that we don't want to confuse our income statement with our cash flow statement. They are very, very different. And mm-hmm. too often, if you don't understand that, you kind of interchange them and then it leads to other problems. You've got to make sure they stay separate and you need to understand exactly what each one is telling you specifically. Because what you're talking about right now, a lot of times we're really talking more about the cash flow, mm-hmm. not the income statement, how that cash is flowing through our organization. And it's different if you're on a cash basis or an accrual basis, mm-hmm. it can be very, very deceptive mm-hmm. if you don't handle it correctly. Yeah. I uh, I keep thinking about, you know, uh, end of the year, people are starting to think about, you know, gearing up for their taxes. And, you know, if you're on a fiscal year and you don't do it calendar year, that's fine. The concepts are still going to hold true. But 
you know, people start thinking about their taxes. And I'm always amazed that when you start looking at taxes, how little of an impact people put on actual cash or cash flow. Like that that really doesn't have a lot to do when they start thinking about taxes. They're looking more at the profit line. They're looking at, you know, the the other assets, you know, the capital assets that they have. And, and they're not spending enough time with the cash flow. And so if you're expecting that your, you know, your income tax or your tax forms are going to give you the management that you need, no. That's not where you're going to manage your company. These, these are not managed, like IRS forms are not management tools. And, and, and so if that's the best that you've got, you are sorely lacking in in how you need to be managing. Well, you know, we, we jokingly in our industry joke about this all the time, even though there's a lot of truth to it. There's, uh, my financial statements, there's three of them. What I show the accountant, <laughs> what I show the IRS, and what's actually true, okay? <laughs> right. okay? So, you know, because each one is looking, in some ways we're trying to position with our accountant because generally we're looking for loans, banks, things like that. The IRS, we're trying to minimize some stuff mm-hmm. and then the, what the truth actually is. Mm-hmm. So so keep that in mind with your comment when you say, hey, don't use, don't use your IRS forms as a way to manage your business. Excellent advice because too many people do that, mm-hmm. especially if you're naive and understanding the power of your those financial statements. They tend to drive what you do with your finances, meaning, oh no, I'm going to have to pay taxes. I need to minimize the amount of cash. I better make an asset purchase that isn't really needed. Mm-hmm. And so now, now going into the new year, if I have one glitch, all of a sudden I'm cash poor, even though I'm asset rich, I'm cash poor and I don't have the liquidity that I need to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, because that was all driven by a tax decision, right. not a business decision. Yeah. And, and I'm going to throw one in because I've seen this happen a lot with the pandemic, uh, especially here in the United States. So the government got really loose with their cash and they started giving a lot of grants and funding out to businesses. Right. And I saw businesses make bad business decisions trying to get government money. And, yeah. and the the belief is that it's like, well, it's free money. I'm like, it's the most expensive free money you'll ever get. And, you know, if it lines up with your mission, with your strategy, by all means, take every advantage that you can, but don't shift your strategy. Don't shift your mission just because there's this quote unquote free money sitting there. And, and so, you know, when we talk about taxes, I'm going to throw grants in as the same thing. You know, taxes right. and grants are not a way to manage a company. You want to manage a company with strategy, you know, strategic planning, vision, uh, you know, with competitive advantage. Those are the ways to manage. And then once you have that in place, then you can start to add in, you know, the tax benefits, the grant opportunities. Great. Fine. If you want to take advantage of them, take advantage of them second, not first. I agree. I agree. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, on our financials. Uh, A lot of times, uh, if you're not well-versed in them, you tend not to use ratios. Can we talk a little bit about maybe some ratios and maybe maybe how to uh, do that? And and ratios are, keep in mind, are a little bit different for each industry. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're in a retail um, you know, we're looking at asset turnover, but if I'm in more of a service industry, I don't really look at that ratio. Sure. But, so let's talk just a minute about ratios because that's an, a lot of area or an area that a lot of business owners don't really use to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
when I'm thinking about ratios, I'm going to hit on um, I'm going to hit on three ratios that every business should be looking at. Right, your profit margin, your quick ratio, and your current ratio. Right now, there are actually multiple. When I do ratios, I look at about fourteen. There, there's about fourteen that I've identified that I like to focus on. Um, you know, some of them have to do with the working capital cycle. Uh, I, I like to look at kind of my cash margin, which is a similar concept to a profit margin, except for I'm just using cash instead of profits. You know, uh, I'm looking at like some break-even points, different things like that. So those, those are just some some quick ratios. But I. I not, not to be confused with the actual quick <laughs> ratio. Those are just some rapid fire thoughts that I had. But but uh, let, let's jump to this profit margin, right? End of the year, you should be looking at your profit margin. One of the things that businesses get a little bit hung up on is they get super excited about those sales dollars. And they start looking at, you know, if their sales have gone up or if their sales have gone down, and they start making decisions based on, oh, well, sales were up, things are good, sales are down, things are bad. And I'm like, it's so much better to actually look at that profit margin as an indicator of whether things went well or whether they didn't go well. Um, You know, as a business, one of the smartest things that I see businesses do is when they clean house and they actually make more profit with less sales, which will, you know, result in a greater profit margin. You're going to have a better profit margin. Um, If I can improve my profit margin, I will take that over sales increase like 90% of the time. There are a few exceptions where a sales increase is going to be the smarter play. But if I can get a improved profit margin, and that can come from a combination of things, a combination of sales growth uh, or uh, reduced expenses or both, right? And, and so I'm, I'm always looking at that, that profit margin and I'm saying, okay, how well am I managing that? One of the things that businesses do, and they don't look at, at it over the long term, you know, they don't see which direction are, is their profit margin trending. To me, that's a trend ratio. Like I want to see year to year to year to year where my profit margins have gone because that tells me where the industry is going. That tells me where my efficiencies are. Mm-hmm. That tells me where my management is. Uh, you know, especially as businesses grow, they start to get these bigger deals and bigger deals tend to cut into your margins. And they don't understand that they're, you know, that they're sacrificing so much. Like they're, they're getting in a scary position. Uh, you know, if, if you can't survive today on the sales you made last year, if the only reason that you're still alive is because you had an exceptional sales year, that's a really bad position to be in. And so I'm going to, I'm going to hit on that profit margin as a big ratio that, I think everyone should just be looking at monthly, quarterly, annually. You know, it, it's a great one. And something you said reminded me, we don't talk a lot about this, even though the number is kind of out there, that you, if if more than probably 10% of your sales is coming from a single uh, vendor, mm-hmm. you, you probably need to look at that mix. You're getting into some, some uh, tricky area when someone is uh, – is buying that much from you because it, it means if anything goes upside down with them, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, there there are things like that that we can look at that you should be aware of that that making sure that you're diversified enough with with um, your business and your sales that you don't have one single 
individual who's capturing 50%, you know, of, mm-hmm. what, of what your cells are coming from, because that can lead to major problems. And there's companies out there that are in that position, mm-hmm. and which means they have to manage things a little bit different. They don't have that lead way uh, that you're talking about on those profit margins because one mistake and your margins are done for. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we talked about this in an episode, oh, goodness, several months ago. Um, but a strategy for that, and I just want to touch on this real quick. So, obviously, you want to bring up your entire customer base. You know, if I've got one customer who's dominating, I want to bring up my entire customer base, Correct. which requires growth. But what if I'm not in a growth industry? What if, you know, the the reason why that customer is doing, you know, so much business with me is because they keep, you know, they keep growing and all of my fringe customers are the ones that are dropping off. That's fine. You can still manage it the way you have to manage it. And this requires discipline is you treat them or you treat your company as though they still only make up 10 to 20 percent. I'll actually go 20 percent. I'm a little bit more uh, liberal on that front. But if I look at my expenses and I run my company as though I didn't have all those sales from them and I, you know, I scroll that away, I put that money away, I do not operate on that additional money, that's how you can manage that customer down is you can, you, you can treat them as though they're only a smaller percentage of your business. And then that's great. You've got all this extra cash that you can put aside for future growth to try and get that ratio balanced out, you know, in subsequent years. So anyway, side note, I, I like to, that, <laughs> no, that's a but, fun one for me. But those are, I mean, those are some of the things that are never talked about though. You know, when we talk about some of those things and, and maybe in the, in the follow-up one, when we start to help people understand goals and other things that maybe we'll focus a little bit more on that one to say, all right, maybe that's one of those things I need to diversify. So let, I think you're right. Let's not go too much more into that one. Um, so can we talk quick and current ratio? Yeah, please. Um, the, the reason why these ones are so good, and I'll tell you, this is an interesting thing. A lot of businesses that I've worked with that have tried to get financing, they're not aware of their quick and current ratios and the fact that every bank and credit union is doing that ratio analysis on you. Whether you want them to or not, they're doing a ratio analysis, and they're probably going to throw a debt to equity in there as well, right? Correct. And I, I, I'm just amazed that I'll have these businesses, they'll come to me in frustration. They're just like, I got turned down again. And I'm like, well, what do your ratios look like? What do you mean? Well, do your ratio calculation because the bank is doing it, you know, like go in there with the knowledge of what they're going to be looking at. And they don't understand that the bank's doing this. And, you know, basically um, your, uh, your, your, your current ratio, we'll start with the current ratio, is you're trying to figure out how many current assets you have to cover your current liabilities. And you're, you're basically looking at it and you're saying, okay, how well can you pay your bills? Do you have enough coming in to cover what's having to go out? You know, it's just looking at those current assets to those current liabilities. And since so few businesses care about their balance sheet, they just, they end up being, you know, paycheck to paycheck. You know, if I could use that expression in a business, because they're constantly waiting for money to come in before they can, you know, make their their payments to their vendors and then their vendors are like oh yeah this guy doesn't pay on time or it's always you know it's like these partial payments or whatever can't take advantage of discounts because you don't have the cash for it you know i mean just there's so many things 
and people start to notice that you're like, oh, you're not healthy. And, and if you're not healthy, they don't want to have long-term partnerships with you. They're looking for others, you know, to have those long-term partnerships with. And then the quick ratio, very similar. We just pull inventory out of the mix. Mm -hmm. And so now that we've pulled inventory out of the mix, we're saying how much liquid cash do you actually have? Because inventory, I still got to earn the dollar. You know, I haven't earned that cash on the inventory yet. It's all tied up. And so it's like, how much do I have? And if I'm not sitting at at least a one-to-one on a quick ratio, I'm not healthy. I'm upside down, you know? And so, so like these, these simple ratios, you know, look at them and, and see, hey, am I where I need to be? You know, am, am, am I doing my RMA data to, to compare against my industry and see what's the industry standard and, you know, and just put me on par. And it's amazing how it does vary by industry because the standard is generally you want to be about 1.5. But, you know, what's fascinating is when you get into a lot of agriculture companies, it's mm-hmm. three, <laughs> yeah. which is really high. You know why? Because your growing season is so short, you got to have a lot of extra cash to carry you through those extra months after that cash crop has been harvested. Mm-hmm. So so every industry is a little bit different based off of what it is. But um, I, I love the fact is when you look at the different industry and, and what that number means and understanding why it is, is fascinating. Yeah. Well, and I... If what we're talking about, if if you're having a hard time keeping up with this conversation, that is a big indication that you need to do some homework. Because, like, I get that most people aren't going to know that, you know, the agricultural standard is around three. That's a little bit, you know, specialized. But if they're struggling to be like, oh, current ratio? What's that? You know, if you're like on Wikipedia or whatever that one is <laughs> that, uh, um, no, Investopedia, that's the one. If you're like on Investopedia right now trying to figure out what a current ratio is, uh, yeah, you need to start doing some homework because these are the ratios that every successful company is using, period. There's not, yeah. there's not a growing major business that isn't using these ratios, you know, they're just the tools of the trade. Yeah. Um, what other ratios can be significant? I, I know those are looking at the liquidity ones and there's some profit. Well, profit margins is a little bit more on the efficiency side, helping us to do some of that. Um, I don't want to go, I mean, some ratios actually deal with more corporations and when we're doing, so I don't want to go into that because we're staying with some small businesses, even though there might be a few listeners who, who are in that realm, uh, it's not the majority of who our listeners are. If, if you're inventory heavy, uh, you need to know your working capital cycle. Um, I'm not going to go into, uh, you know, I mean, we could do a full episode on the working capital cycle. We've got the training on LearnDesk if you want to learn the working capital cycle. If you're inventory heavy, I would recommend learning your in, uh, your uh, uh, working capital cycle. You're going to have a hard time managing your cash without it. Uh, we mentioned debt to equity. I think that that's yes. one uh, worth yeah. talking about. And you're just looking at who owns the company. You know, equity would say that you own the company. Debt would say that, you know, the bank or the vendors own the company. And debt to equity, uh, there's a couple different theories on what that balance should be. Do you have a, do you have a pr- preference that you would say for an organization, hey, I should be a, a 60 debt, 40 equity? Oh. I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't, maybe it depends a little bit on the company. Well, I know it does depend a little bit on the company, but but I, I see too many people that try to leverage everything by equity, which 
which stifles some of their growth because a little bit of debt is healthy for an organization. It allows you to leverage your cash in other ways that you normally couldn't. So, so, so a, a couple things that I'm looking at when I look at debt to equity is one is I'm looking at the return on investment of that of that debt. You know, so if I'm borrowing at 10% and I can make 20% off of it, then obviously, you know, I'm up 10% on that. And and so, um, and a lot of a lot of people out there that are, uh, you know, like big Dave Ramsey fans, and they're just like, "That's bad, all that's bad." And I'm like, you got to understand the difference between consumer debt and business debt. As a consumer, you are a liability. You just consume. You take, take, take. But businesses give, give, give. And so there's a big difference. And, and so don't get hung up on this, this idea that all debt is bad. I, I believe that you know having debt in your company is a better way to grow. It's very healthy to have some debt in your company. Uh, you know, my opinion is the best managed companies. There are a few anomalies. I think that Google went for a number of years without having any debt. I haven't, I haven't followed up on that one for a while, but that's kind of an anomaly. You know, I mean, not everyone's Google and, you know, don't, don't base your standards on that. But like most businesses have some debt in there. Uh, me personally, I like to look at who am I working for? If, uh, if, if I'm heavier on the equity side, it means I'm working for me or I'm working for the owners. If I'm heavier on the debt side, it means I'm working for the creditors, which means that I just created a, a J-O-B, a job. And now, I, you know, I'm working to pay someone else all, you know, like they're, they're collecting on, on my hard-earned work. And so personally, I, I look at that one-to-one as the baseline and I say, you know what? If ever I skew past a one-to-one, uh, you know, favoring debt, then yeah. I've, I've gone too far. I need to keep it, you know, I need to, I need to keep it closer. A, a 1.5 uh, as kind of a ballpark, there are some big industry differences, you know. Like if you get into some of these serious, like, construction or mining or something like that, they're going to have tons of debt. Right. Just because they are so asset intensive and so if you're like really asset intensive and 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 that's driving up your debt but that's an industry standard that's okay and so i might i might deviate from that one to one because i'm asset intensive but if i'm not asset intensive you know if i'm a, if i'm anything in the technology space you know if 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 i've got like an e-commerce uh, storefront and i'm just carrying inventory kind of stuff Oh man, I I want to keep it, you know, a one point five, maybe a two to one, uh, favoring the equity. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to a longtime business owner that jokingly said one time, he said, "Oh, I love debt because if I have lots of debt, no one's going to sue me. <laughs> I don't look good on paper." <laughs> and we chuckled about that one for a minute, but <laughs> I I get what he was trying to joke about. But but that's you're right. I agree that on a on that debt to equity, we, we want to be building equity as much as we're building debt. That's the principle. Um, most business owners, small business owners, at some point in time, want to sell their business. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to do so, we need more equity than we need debt because debt is going gonna, gonna to hurt you at that sell. So that's, as we look at it, use your debt to help grow your equity, but don't get out of balance. Right. Yeah. So, 
I, I mean, we're we're running short on time, and you and I could geek out on finance for quite mm-hmm. a bit. But I want to wrap up with this final thought. Uh, we've talked a lot about ratios, but I want to acknowledge. So ratios is comparing one thing to another, right? And that's where you come up with the ratio. Is it's a division. You've got a numerator and a denominator, and then you you know you factor those into either a percentage or a decimal, right? So. When, when I'm looking at ratios and I'm realizing the comparison, I want to take it a little bit broader and I want to just point out the fact that in your financial statements, every time you pull one lever, it's going to have a ripple effect. It's going to affect multiple things. And here's the classic example, right? I'll, I'll stop getting kind of geeky and nerdy here and I'll just bring it into a little bit more, uh, you know, common, uh, common terminology. Everyone's gearing up for, oh, what are my sales goals for 2022 going to be? And the thing that drives me crazy is they don't understand that if you're going to increase your sales, you've got to look at all of the supporting uh, financials that have to go into that increase of sales. So, for example, if I'm going to increase my sales, it requires one of two things, either a significant improvement in efficiency, which is difficult to do, or the more likely is an increase of assets. You have to increase your assets to increase your sales. And I want to point this out. Cash is an asset. Most people don't realize that an increase of sales requires you to maintain a larger cash balance. So, you know, if you're sitting on $20,000 of cash and you're just like, hey, I'm doing really well, and then all of a sudden you grow your sales by an additional $100,000, you now need to be sitting on $30,000 of cash to have the same cash cushion. That $20,000 gets diluted as your sales increase. And so if you're a big enough company, you better be sitting on 100000 or a half a million or a million dollars of cash to support, you know, like if, if I'm going to be doing $20 million in sales, I probably need to be sitting on, you know, a million dollars of cash just sitting there. And we have such a hard time because in our day-to-day lives, we don't have a million dollars sitting in the bank. You know, if we, if we have 50000 sitting in the bank, we're like, hey, I'm doing great. Your business is not the same thing. And so I've got to beef up my, uh, I've got to beef up my cash. Don't be surprised when your inventory naturally spikes because you're trying to go for a sales goal. And so all of a sudden I've got all this extra inventory going up, which is putting additional strain on my cash, you know, so not only do I have to have extra cash, but I've got to cover that extra inventory from it. But then when I'm, you know, increasing my sales, what am I doing on the operations side of thing? Do I have to bring in more labor? Do, you know, do I have silly things like my office expenses now just went up another thousand dollars a year because I didn't realize, oh, well, yeah, I've got to, uh, you know, I've, I've got to print more paper or, or I didn't think about that extra computer that now I have to buy to support those sales. And that's a $5,000 purchase that I didn't factor in, you know, and, and, and so, all of these things, you know, we, we have these sales goals and it's like, oh, I'm going to have a sales goal. But then I ignore that, okay, what about the expenses? What about the assets? What, what's that going to do on the liabilities and equity side? Like it, it has this ripple effect. And if you don't understand that, then you should probably ease off on that sale. You know, I mean, doubling your sales or like a 50% increase or a 30% increase is going to have significant impact on the business. You want to go for like a 4% increase in sales, you might be able to absorb that inefficiency. 
But otherwise, you're having to ramp up the rest of those financials, and you better have a plan for that. Yeah. <clears throat> and we'll talk we'll, when we get into our goals and in that episode here in the new year. It isn't what you've said is absolutely right that cash and sales have an inverse relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you keep that in the back of your mind as you're making decisions that what we do in sales affects our cash and inversely, uh, you'll make you'll make better and stronger decisions. Mm. Um, but we're I bet we're about out of time now for sure. Yeah, we probably better wrap this up. Well, good. Well, thanks for joining us today. We hope there's some value that you brought from this episode. And if uh, you want to know more, uh, go to our website. There's uh, a number of programs that we have, and especially the Growth by the Numbers is amazing to help get you set, uh, headed in the right direction from the conversation we had today. So with that one, thanks, everybody. Take care. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions.